Greetings one and all, this is Radical Rob with Radical Solutions and on this episode we're going to continue with the part two of the interview with Esther Sanford Cozy on the subject of reparations and on the first part we defined what reparations is, where it's coming from and why it is needed um, is and what it's not. Okay, so I think definitely now we're going to clarify even more and then hear what the movement has been doing. Radical Raw with Radical Solutions. It's not just a simple thing, but like yeah. there are... About making repairs. Definitely. And the repairs, let me say it very simply to, to top it, to round it up, repairs, but there's the notion of internal repairs or self-repairs. Um, some people say self-reparations, but and what that means is, I'd say, what we owe each other, what we owe self, what we owe people within our family and our, our extended family, our community, our nation and our people group. But then there's the notion of external repairs, which is what people would say is what others owe us in terms of accountability. So governments, corporations, um, institutions, uh, the landed gentry or so-called aristocracy, uh, the church, the Roman Catholic Church, the Church of England, uh, other religious kind of denominations in terms of their own role and complicity in uh, the subjugation, the dispossession, the enslavement, the trafficking, the kidnapping, um, the yeah, of, of our people. So my thing is when you go to these people because this is external now and you start to talk to them about these things what i'm seeing from watching a few um different interviews and there is seems to be um at the playing down of the importance of our issue you know there they they would go on about the um what the nazis did to the jews or even the 9 11 and say yeah. well, remember this <laughs> you know but when it comes to our plight it's uh you know that was long ago and stuff like that yes because in the psyche of many people including some of our own people we are still considered to be less than human we don't value ourselves enough this is part of the, the, the thing in the way we see ourselves because it was interesting even just um when we said imagine what it would be like what we would be like if we wasn't tampered with in this way and messed around and, and, and all these things. The potential that we have and the greatness that we have is like so I'm like, okay, suppose there's a youngster listening now with some ambitions to be a politician. Okay. What could we instill in their minds to say the changes that are needed that can be done in terms of where we have some power? So for me, this really is an important question um, because for a lot of our young people that they uh, who were born here, they don't necessarily, a lot of them don't have a sense of home being somewhere else. And so this is a society that they may want to stay in for a long time. And we need to be thinking about how do we uh, survive, but not only survive in this society, but try and make it in this society. Uh, so that we can, um, you know, reach our full potential, which I don't believe we fully can 
in this society. But anyhow, what I would say to such young persons, because it's actually a live question for me, because I am working with young people who are interested in politics, in you know electoral politics, because we do community politics. Um, and what we're encouraging them is to understand the notion of uh, what's called substantive representation. Now, because I'm asserting an African identity, okay, now born here, just to clarify, I'm born here. My parents were born, one in uh, the Caribbean, one in South America, and origins I know directly Africa, okay? But I claim an African identity, despite all of that. So um, there is a difference. So I we, I would talk about substantive African representation, and there is a difference between just having, if you like, somebody who would be seen as a black politician because they're melanated in terms of hue, complexion, or what have you. Um, but that's about it. They just have the the skin color the association, maybe through history or family connections. But in terms of their liberty, in terms of their mindset, in terms of their their value system, in terms of their aspirations and goals, it's really European, okay? Because a lot of us have been socialized to be everything but ourselves. So we can't, it's not enough to have just what's called descriptive representation, meaning people from our group Um, on the outside, but on the inside, there's somebody else. What we actually need is substantive um, African representation, which means that you have people who think with particular ideas that are free, you know, they're sovereign, they're ideas that come from their people and ideas that remember that we have been, we have been so much more than what our passport tells us, if we have a passport, because some of our people don't. But whatever this sense of uh, narrow uh, nationality is, that we're so much more than that. So it's a, it's about having a right to be represented according to the cultural traditions, mores, um, standards, you know, ethical guidelines and principles of one's community, going back now hundreds of years, centuries even. Okay, so I would I make I try and on make young younger people understand the importance of them not just being um, a descriptive representate providing descriptive representation, but actually providing substantive uh, representation for our people. The other thing that I would make them aware of is as a reparationist, I'm involved with uh, an, a, a forum in London called Garfol. Um, the Global African Reparations Forum of London, which is promoting a campaign called TARV, T-A-R-V, the African Reparations Vote. And what we're saying is, whatever your political persuasion, if you choose to become an independent elected official, you know, MP or local councillor, or if you are part of any of the so-called mainstream British political parties, that we are not going to vote for you our community are not going to vote for you unless you actually plead our cause because that's how other groups organize in britain okay yeah they 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 organize together collectively and they make sure certain of their people get in and then they hold that person to account 
in various ways and because they've got community institutions outside of the mainstream ones they can do that we're not so good at doing that because we're losing a lot of our community institutions community buildings community spaces and so therefore even the notion of being a community and having those internal mechanisms of accountability are disappearing fast yeah. but that's what we have to rebuild part of the repair is community repairs we have to rebuild community however we define it however we see people around us and we know that we are communities within communities but whatever it is we have to be about building the community because that's part of building our strength uh, rebuilding our power base um, an economic power base as well, so that when we decide, well, we're boycotting certain things or no, we're going to provide for ourselves, we're going to grow our own food, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, then that is part of becoming a free people again, right. a sovereign people again. And I'm going to bring it to my situation again in terms of community, and you mentioned food. I was on Sunday at the community garden, you know, um, just volunteering. And yeah it's a beautiful experience but what i did i uh, hear the the sister who, who organized it saying you know our first open day we had like 30 30 people over 30 people now today is like a handful of people so it's like okay maybe the people were inspired at first when they heard the idea but to keep that momentum is another yeah. effort again that is so hard because we, we live in a society that is is really promoting the cult of the individual. It's a shame. And actually saying you can be more, um, have more money, you can be more famous, you can have more if you do it alone, if you don't share. And we come from collective cultures that was about sharing, that was about all in common, that was not about elevating one over the other in terms of the root of many of our societies, okay? Hey, I actually spoke to my mom about the community garden. She said, listen, what we used to do as, as a community is um, go around to individual gardens when it was planting time. We, we didn't have to pay ex external people to come in and pay them wages. We just That's helped right. other build each other's farm. That's right. And a lot of that has gone now because farming, agriculture, getting, you know, literally your hands soiled by the earth, mm -hmm. connecting with earth has become, yeah, it's, it's not popularized. Mm -hmm. It's not seen as being successful. And so that is part of the miseducation that we're taught to look for success in actually concrete buildings and in industries that are responsible for despoiling the earth, polluting the environment, killing us. And a lot of the time we live in areas where the air quality is poor. Um, a lot of our children and other people experience all kinds of respiratory conditions. Um, environmental racism is rife. So we have to kind of redesign the whole way we inhabit space. You know, whatever space that we are occupying and that we have sought to make home and oh. establish family upon and community and, and, and extended networks, we have to, to rethink that. Yeah, man, that structure needs to be in place. All right, there's a couple of subjects. We're kind of uh, short on time here, but a um, couple of things that I am not fully, fully up to speed with you can touch on. Extinction Rebellion. It sounds interesting. What is that about? So, okay, Extinction Rebellion is a movement that is uh, was 
initiated by uh, Caucasian people in the UK, uh, in particular in Stroud, who came together in, in say, 2018 and decided that, uh, as environmentalists, a lot of them, okay, and global justice um, activists, and was uh, uh, saying, look, we're in the process of a climate and ecological crisis or emergency. Governments are failing to act. Governments in the West in particular are failing to act. And that the model of so-called development that we are following is actually resulting in um, destruction of lives and also the environment. And so they formed this movement um, out of a campaign that was led by a, a group called Rising Up. And the idea of Extinction Rebellion was that they, were, they had to rebel um, against extinction, extinction of people and planet or so-called Mother Earth. And so it's, you probably do know of them, but maybe didn't know that that was their name. Extinction Rebellion are have been known for um, blocking roads and uh, you know doing sort of theatrical protests that are drawing attention to the climate and ecological crisis and trying to force uh, governments around the world to take actions to implement their international agreements under what's called uh, stuff such as the Paris Agreement, which is about keeping global warming to less than 1.5 degrees, uh, because anything beyond that is, is going to result in um, loss of much more loss of life, genocide and ecocide for many people around the world, especially in the global south. And many of our people who were born in the Caribbean, uh, if we know that there's just recently been a hurricane that started in Barbados, touched on Jamaica, Cuba and other places. Hurricanes, uh, and this was the first hurricane that touched in Barbados for 65 years. When there was a hurricane a couple of years ago that almost flattened Antigua and Barbuda, literally the whole island had to be evacuated, the whole population. So these are small island nation states where we have been trafficked to as a result of chattel enslavement have become homes that are very vulnerable the sea is rising the coastlines are disappearing and so imagine people have made these homes now for centuries but they're in danger of disappearing and if global warming there's a campaign in the caribbean 1.5 to say it stay alive if global warming goes to two three percent and it's actually projected to go it's three percent uh, going up to four percent by the end of this century that what we will be talking about is a massive depopulation of the planet more cyclones more erratic weather uh, people will just disappear and those companies a lot of the corporations that are responsible for fossil fuel uh, production and extraction know they know the damage that oil oil the oil oil industry is doing they know the damage of extractivism all this mining and digging out all the minerals of the earth they knew they knew from the 50s and actually it's about you know <laughs> less than a hundred companies around the world that are really responsible for all of this in terms of the massive scale of the climate and ecological crisis and biodiversity loss. So we're losing a lot of biodiversity, a lot of animal and plant species that are essential for keeping the earth in balance. All right, there's a common factor here. 
a lot of these problems and even the problems that we've been through as a people stem from greed you know yes that, yes that element that is um there with with that okay another subject is the upcoming african liberation day first of august is there anything yeah yeah um so so not, i think i think I just think to... it's been going now and you know yeah so i will contextualize i will answer that but just to finish it because people might think well why are we talking about extinction rebellion extinction rebellion uh, are, are one of the groups that have been supporting our people's struggle for reparation right. because they are also involved in challenging their governments okay and saying we want to live your your way of life is a death style not a lifestyle and we're concerned about they're obviously concerned about what they have built up and they are, are interested in intergenerational wealth transmission and they don't want to lose what they've acquired okay so that's the connection so i'm actually part of a group co-founded with xr co-found that's their acronym uh, XR co-founders and it's called the Extinction Rebellion Internationalist Solidarity Network that was co-founded by the Stop the Maangamizi We Charge Genocide Ecocide campaign which is a reparations campaign that partners with the African Emancipation Day Reparations March Committee which has been organising an African Emancipation Day Reparations March uh, in between the year 2015 and 2019 and last year the notion of a march was upgraded to a uh, reparations rebellion grounding. So the idea that we need to ground with our people about the need for us to rebel against the status quo if we are truly to affect and secure holistic reparations because it's not coming because we make, you know, we plead to them or we take out lawsuits or, or we, we, you know, we try and appeal to some type of moral conscience. No, they have the power to deny our right to be heard, to deny our right to enforce reparations. And so it is going to take rebellion. And rebellion is not a term that people should be afraid of because every bit of progress that we've ever made from the time that we were kidnapped from our homeland, made prisoners of war, trafficked into the diaspora, uh, was won because we rebelled we didn't accept the status quo and we actually tried to reassert our own vision of the world, our own systems of governance and what we know as law in terms of what was just and what was unjust. Natural law, yeah, yeah. Um, That's right. Yeah, so it's a combination of organisations putting on African Day and you're saying it's, it's now changed from a march to a stand. Uh, 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 yes, and what because what we're trying to say to our people is we have to prepare for rebellion. Yeah, and rebellion is about not complying with the system as it is. So rebellion is not just you know condemning the old or what you're against. Rebellion is about building the new. It's about asserting what you're for. So building ourselves into a formidable force where we begin to live the, the new world, the repaired world. We begin to model that in our own personal lives, our own families, our own communities. We begin to be the change that we wish to see because nobody's going to come and do it for us. No, we are responsible for that. So, okay. 
just to highlight are there any special features on this this uh this coming yes so these rebellion groundings is about facilitating groundings you know uh, which was popularized by the great walter rodney dr walter rodney who grounded with our people even though he was an establishment academic um with a doctorate he went out into the so-called ghettos the real grassroots areas uh grounded with rasta all of those who in the caribbean in particular were seen as social outcasts but who had more advanced knowledge than the so-called um educated or miseducated elites okay who had been miseducated out of their own selfhood to to become you know literally um bigging up everything that was was about our colonizers and people like Walter Rodney knew that on the societies in the Caribbean and around the world couldn't be transformed unless the most oppressed in society actually had a stake in actually reshaping those societies and for that he was made persona non grata he lost his job at the university of the west indies he had to leave jamaica and he was eventually assassinated um by the government of guyana because of his radical politics that were about social transformation uh, redistribution of the wealth of the people yeah power to the people so the obviously the uh, educational institutions didn't So like the educate so the day is focused on education discussion like an in gathering we need to talk these things through we need to look at what how do we prepare how do we hold elected officials to account how do we hold the british government to account how do we stop them from dropping bombs on our home countries and looting our resources via their multinational corporations these are some of the discussions that we will be having so the day features entertainment it features a rally with speeches from all around the world it features a people's assembly where our people are discussing issues together not just being talked at um it features uh, we're going to have a a provisional session of an an international people's tribunal that we're developing where we are going to model what it means to put priti patel and the uk government on trial because our people need to rehearse they need to get accustomed to putting themselves in the position of being the lawmakers and the ones who are now going to take the responsibility for governing themselves okay and governing the wider society in the space that they occupy and choose to call or make a home. Yeah, some of these things take a kind of revolution of the mind, you know, because um a lot of us haven't been even aware of the power that we have and um you know, the knowledge or even um just just basic fundamental understanding that we have that power. Because I mean, I'm learning now how we can create money. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And yeah. And things that uh, you touched on the the the, the constant stealing, stealing of our resources is keeping on a holistic African level keeping um our people in poverty. You know, on 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 the motherland there's all those minerals, rich minerals and the people are hungry. Yeah. So one of the things I've been thinking is it just takes that mindset and uh for the leaders who are in positions to make decisions to have that understanding that we have the resources that we're giving away or somehow is being you know um 
taken in 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 uh and being exploited basically it's being exploited and um if they can see that by having the resources you can also control the resources when you take control because how can it be you got your minerals in your back garden and, and you're allowing someone to take it and then tell you how much they're going to pay for it that don't absolutely be in a part, so, in position to say nothing they leave in here unless you pay me what is what is what is worth absolutely absolutely and our people have been disempowered okay and a lot of that disempowerment is because we have been dispossessed so there is an, a false assumption that we make that okay those of us that were taken into the diaspora trafficked into the diaspora we had it so bad and everyone who stayed behind was somehow okay that's not the case yeah in fact colonization was about enslaving african people on their own in their own homeland nobody can tell me that the the over herero and nama people who uh, experienced genocide uh, people in the congo who had their limbs and arms cut off we know that story because it happened to us in plantations in the so-called americas but how many of us really know enough and study what happened to specific and those are some of the the more uh, well-known experiences but that went on across the continent okay it went on across the continent and it's still going on today in certain places yeah i think the diamond mines right uh, sierra leone liberia we've seen that kind of uh, practice happen yeah so we need to learn each other's story journeys yeah we know our own journey a lot of us and in fact some of us don't know too much about our history but we don't know enough about those that stayed behind and what what they encountered yeah with this modern threat that we're under now this um this coming with these jabs and stuff and i'm seeing that the people with lack of knowledge of what we've experienced are some of the ones that's falling into the traps absolutely because they don't have a sense that the people that are offering these things Nature. are the same people that are eugenicists yeah that have been practicing you know eugenics for decades Yeah. and have found ways to perfect it that is really where we're at and so that's why we need the 360 degree vision yeah we can't have partial sight around this uh so we have to have all of it you know including the foresight to know that people who are offering us these things they're not doing it because they they like us and they genuinely want to ensure that we're on the planet because they invest I mean billions upon billions in in not only um uh, campaigns that impact target our psyche and our mind and and negatively project Africa and what is in Africa so that people just don't think oh no I don't want to go there because it's not developed because they've got a skewed view of what development is but also in terms of um this and the climate and ecological crisis here is really important because it's under the guise of a climate and ecological crisis that they're ramping up various depopulation measures because they're saying oh there's too many people on the planet and because they are not overproducing in fact in Europe there's under under 
uh, you know, population in many areas. They're not able to sustain themselves naturally, which is why there's a lot of, um, you know, promotion of mixing with other groups as well. Okay, because it is about gen- uh, Dr. Francis Quest Walsing taught us about this fear of genetic annihilation, and it's a very real fear the fear of a black planet. Yeah, okay, and so they are finding any which way because they've tried so many things, so many um, plagues and, and illnesses and disease, and it really. They're just surprised that so many of us are still here. And in fact, more than just being still here, are reproducing ourselves, despite the fact that we've literally had our limbs cut off. So much has been done to us, man. You know, and when I myself first had to bring it to myself and my what, I'm, what I saw with my own eyes and felt the energy, you know, uh, in like, for instance, in Ghana and just seeing the the, the, the the amount of children that they've got running around the place the business flourishing i'm saying look we've been lied to we've been tricked man yeah exactly it's, it's a whole they they invest a lot a lot in in propaganda in the media in the film industry literally everything we're being socially engineered to accept um particular norms particular reality particular views of the world and all based on a, you know a manufacturing of consent mm. trickery man I was saying we shouldn't be be able to get tricked so easily you know um, but the fact is most of us haven't realized that we're being tricked yeah exactly you're absolutely right well i'm hoping that you know by doing these sort of things and 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 podcasting and having these conversations go out there people will start to realize you know how how deep this thing is yeah yeah exactly so i mean reparations is the word that we're using that describes you know a movement of movements in that uh, it's it's um, antecedents are all the other movements of our people that have been going on for hundreds of years yeah so if if we think about what some of us refer to as applied reparations the, the establishing of the state of Haiti was an act of repair self-repair to say well we are going to form a nation in the diaspora uh, that is going to be a multinational or multi-ethnic, uh, you know, from African people who came from all different places. And if you commit to fighting in this liberation struggle, then part of your freedom gains is to, to become a citizen of this newfound state of Haiti. And we all know um, the success that that was at the time. But then Haiti was severely penalized because global Europe did not ever forget. And that example of us taking back, um, you know, attempt, you know, our sovereignty and, and recreating it and forming statehood and saying, no, we're going to govern ourselves. That, that, that could not, that was not permitted to succeed. 
and they have tried and they as you know they enforced a kind of indemnity on Haiti so Haiti was forced to literally pay uh, war compensation damages some people would say use the term reparations which wasn't repaid until the 1940s so the under you link that then to the underdevelopment we've seen in Haiti and the political unrest and the 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 whole kind of history of having puppet rulers um, imposed on the Haitian people through which they have been in centuries rebellion, you know, and and we've seen recently what happened in Haiti most recently with the assassination um, of 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 the. The head of government, yes. Because I, I, I was under the impression that he was also put there by the Americans. So it seems like... Absolutely. And that, that's part of it. Yeah. Because they, th- this is the domination. So Haitian people, have, just like a lot of our people, have never really been left free to... Even when we say, okay, we're not even going to have anything to do with you. We're going to do our... We're going to go our own way. Thank you very much. Even that, that they don't want us to do. We've seen that with Black Wall Street. Black Wall Street, the move bombings in America, and there are other examples of it. Whenever we decide we're going to, you know, take some land and develop our industry and everything on it and grow our own food, you become a threat. You become a threat. And this is just, just, this is just the reality of it. Yeah. So we're in a situation where it's constantly... Um... Their attack is constantly evolving. Constant war. Let's just be very clear, it's war. You know, and another thing we probably haven't touched on is the um, incarceration, the prison system. Yes, yes, absolutely. These are all legacies of what some of us refer to as the Maangamizi, the prison industrial complex. Um, you know, the school to prison pipeline, police brutality, deaths in um, prison, psychiatric and immigration custody, um, reproductive and sexual violence, including sterilizations. Um, yeah. Extractive industries, you know, austerity measures, land grabs, honor, unemployment and malemployment. Um, you know, racist immigration policies, the whole range of these, these are all symptoms of a system of structural oppression and domination and subjugation. And I was going to say there is also um, new developments happening. Um, Like, for instance, Ghana has coined one year, I think it was last year, the year of return. And um, we're seeing more organizations trying to form a bridge between Africans on the continent and Africans in the diaspora. Yeah, um, I'm seeing, um, yeah, it's a few, we call it digital currencies. So we see developments where we're now using our resources and starting to make some headways in certain areas, slowly but surely. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, we're just like, see how this goes but i think um we're gonna have to wrap up here and definitely uh have another discussion sometime in the near future okay no problem thank you really good because um there's things that you've mentioned that i wasn't even aware of and i'd like to even explore some of those things so there's much more to discuss 
you know always and, and on reparations the... there's always something else to discuss it's never complete yeah it's all good all right so thank you for uh inviting me to be on your show you're most welcome. much appreciated they say in ghana Akwaba. all right so we will speak again soon okay Madassi.